This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Sunday, October 11th, 2020. On this day in 2002, a black businessman named Kenneth Bridges died in a random shooting. His murderers came to be known as the Beltway Snipers for their senseless three-week killing spree. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the murder of Ken Bridges. Let's go back to the Washington, D.C. area's southern suburbs on October 11, 2002, shortly after 9 a.m. Washington, D.C. was brimming with energy. True, it had changed in the past year. The 9-11 World Trade Center attacks were 13 months in the past, but the city was still on edge. A recent spate of random killings had only made things worse. Ken Bridges had seen on TV that local schools had canceled all outdoor activities. Even so, the nation's capital practically crackled with promise for the future. Bridges had good reason to feel optimistic. He was in town to finalize a contract. His company, Mata, was one of the only places in America where black manufacturers could sell their goods in black-owned stores, catering to black customers. Bridges knew he could help his people take back their financial power. The latest step was finalizing a $10 million deal with a nutmeg manufacturer and supplier. That's why he'd come to the D.C. area. Now that the negotiations were settled, he couldn't wait to get back home to Philadelphia. He wanted to tell his wife, Joycelyn, about his new contract. But first, he had to fill up his rental. As he rolled down the road, the gas gauge inched toward empty. Bridges scanned the practically deserted gas stations that lined the street. He remembered his colleagues' warnings to be careful in the D.C. area. Someone in a white van-like vehicle had been randomly shooting people. Seven people had already died. Two more survived their gunshot injuries. But Bridges wasn't going to live in fear, especially not on a good day like this one. Just before 9.30 a.m., he pulled over in Fredericksburg, a Virginia city southwest of D.C. While he filled up the tank, he flipped his phone open and dialed his wife's number. Bridges wanted to let her know he was on his way home with good news. While he talked to Joycelyn, two employees lounged at the mobile station across the street. They didn't pay much attention to him until a sharp crack cut through the air. One of the employees, veteran Bruce Bingham, said, 
somebody just got shot. His colleague, William Hodge, countered that they'd probably heard a tire blow out. But Bingham was right. Bridges had been hit. And the sniper's shot had stopped his heart. Ken Bridges had dedicated his career to blazing a trail for black business people. He died violently, not because of his politics, but because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And his senseless death wasn't the last of its kind. The Beltway snipers would strike again. Up next, we'll meet the Beltway snipers and discuss the anonymous tip that took them down. Hi, listeners. I'm so excited to introduce you to the newest Spotify original from Parcast called Blind Dating. Hosted by YouTuber Tara Michelle, Blind Dating is a fun twist on a classic setup. Strangers are introduced, conversation commences, and sparks either fly or fizzle. But here's the catch. Our hopeful singles have to choose their match before ever seeing their face. And once they've picked their potential date, we turn the cameras on, and then it's either butterflies or goodbyes. Blind Dating airs weekly, with new episodes every Wednesday. You can find and follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. On October 11, 2002, Ken Bridges was fatally shot while gassing up his car near Washington, D.C. Eyewitnesses heard the gunfire and saw a white van pull away from the scene, but they couldn't provide any more information to identify the killer. Even so, the police already knew who they were looking for. Bridges was the 10th victim of the Beltway snipers and the eighth to die. The killers first struck the region on October 2nd, 2002. They murdered a man in a Maryland parking lot. The next day, they killed five more people in the D.C. area. Over the course of the next week, they struck again and again. They shot men, women, and children, black and white people, a student at school and a shopper at the mall. There was no clear pattern to the violence. Frustratingly, they also didn't leave much identifying evidence. Police knew the shooter was experienced, given their high hit rate. Most victims died after a single shot. They knew the shootings were connected because of ballistic evidence, and several witnesses had spotted a white van at the scenes of the crimes. That seemed like a solid clue, but investigators didn't want to put too much stock in it. After all, all they knew was that several witnesses had seen white vans near shootings. No one was even confident the shots had come from the vehicle. Plus, there are a lot of white vans in Washington, D.C. The sightings could have been a coincidence. 
Even so, witnesses saw a white van once again on October 11th, when the Beltway snipers killed Ken Bridges. After the shooting, police blocked highway on-ramps and set up blockades. Still, somehow, the killers slipped through their clutches. But on October 17th, the FBI got a major clue from the killers themselves. Apparently eager to show off, the snipers called an anonymous tip line, taking credit for an apparently unrelated homicide from the previous month. The September murderer had left a fingerprint behind, which the FBI traced to a 17-year-old named Lee Boyd Malvo. Further investigation revealed that Malvo was associated with 41-year-old John Muhammad, a former army marksman. At 3.30 a.m. on October 24, 2002, the FBI arrested Malvo and Muhammad. They were sleeping in their vehicle, which wasn't a white van at all, but a blue Chevy Caprice. The first question everyone asked was, why did they do it? Muhammad and Malvo's motives were baffling. Because Muhammad was a Muslim, the police believed that the September 11th terror attacks had radicalized him. But Muhammad may have killed for money instead. During a murder trial, Malvo said that he and Muhammad had planned to kill as many people as they could for 30 days. At the end of the month, they'd extort the government, agreeing to stop the murders in exchange for $10 million. Malvo claimed Muhammad had come up with the plot and had forced him to participate in the homicide. It's no wonder Malvo tried to downplay his own involvement. Even though he was only 17 at the time of his arrest, the state of Virginia charged him as an adult. Malvo and Muhammad both faced the death penalty. Luckily for the younger assassin, the courts only sentenced him to four life sentences in prison. John Muhammad's verdict was harsher, execution. He died by lethal injection on November 10, 2009. Perhaps Muhammad's death gave a sense of closure to the friends and family of the people he killed. The survivors still had to carry on, even as they struggled with grief. Sadly, after Ken Bridges' murder, Mata floundered. But his colleagues never gave up on his vision of a distribution network for black businesses. In 2013, a former Mata associate restarted the initiative, dubbing it Mata Network 21st Century LLC. Today, Ken's loved ones are still working to realize his dream. They refuse to be intimidated or struck down by his random, senseless death. Instead, they've seized upon something more potent and more powerful than terrorism. Hope. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. To hear more about serial murderers and the psychology that drives them to kill, check out Serial Killers on Spotify. 
Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Remember to follow Blind Dating for a Dash of Romance and Rejection. YouTuber Tara Michelle hosts, and she's thrilled to help hopeful singles meet their match once they've survived the hot seat. Follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.